Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Welcome to today's episode of Heme Consult. I'm your host, Toyasi Anwemena, hematologist, physician, scientist, and educator. Today's episode begins a series of three episodes where I will be talking about how to become a woman of color in hematology. First of all, I'll talk about how to become a woman of color. Actually, first of all, I'll talk about how to become a woman. Then I'll talk about how to become a woman of color. And then I'll talk about how to become a woman of color in hematology. Interesting, right? You should already be a woman of color in hematology. So how can you become a woman of color in hematology? And those are the things that I will be talking about, or that is a thing I'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Today is focused on how to become a woman. You're going to want to stay tuned for this one. All right. First of all, I want to just start by encouraging you, a woman of color in hematology. And I just want to tell you that you're beautiful. You are so beautiful. Your skin is beautiful and it glows with joy and gladness. And you just exude warmth and peace everywhere you go. And I know this because if it's not true of you today, it is becoming true of you. You are becoming who you are. You are becoming who you are meant to be. And I want you to celebrate who you are today, even if you're in transition, because you know what? We're all in transition. And I hope we never stop transitioning from one space to the other, because that would mean that we would be dead. <laughs> but as long as we're alive, we are growing and expanding and transitioning and becoming more and more beautiful. Therefore, I want to tell you, oh, woman of color in hematology, that you are already beautiful and you're becoming more and more beautiful. And I just want you to remember that. I want you to recognize that. I want you to just look in the mirror and say, hey, you're beautiful. I want you to tell yourself that actually every day. I don't want you to wait for someone to tell you. I just want you to recognize that. And I'm not just saying you're beautiful in face or in body because you are, but I'm actually also saying you're beautiful in the space that you occupy in this world. You are beautiful in your role as a woman of color in hematology. You are beautiful when you stand and care for patients. You are beautiful when you listen to a mentee. You are beautiful when you are writing. You're beautiful when you are sharing hematology with a trainee or educating students. You are beautiful every time you step out and show up as a woman of color in hematology. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise, because it is not true. <laughs> Okay, oh, beautiful woman of color in hematology. I want to start today by sharing about how to become a woman. 
<laughs> you thought you were already a woman, but I'm going to tell you actually how to become a woman. And the theme of this episode is from Genesis chapter two. And the story I'll start by telling is a story of me, first of all, as a little girl, and I'm going to come back to hematology. You know, when I was a little girl, I never really thought about becoming a woman. I mean, my mother was a woman and I would look up to her and be like, yeah, I never even actually thought someday I would become like her. And no, I know, like I just was satisfied in the knowledge of my girlhood. Like actually, I didn't even really think about it very much. But then I started to go through puberty and all these weird changes were happening in my body. And all of a sudden, I really started to think about, oh my gosh, I'm changing. I'm becoming a woman, right? And until I started experiencing these changes, like I just didn't have a sense of like anything different from what I had already known as a girl, right? Anyway, so fast forward to, you know, already beyond puberty, now like a young adult. And and I was stuck on like, when do I become a woman? Like, I know I'm a young person. I know I'm a young adult, but when do I make the transition to become a woman? Like, that was actually really something I, I struggled with. Like, when I would introduce myself, I would say, am I a woman? I mean, not, not that I would introduce myself and say, hey, I'm a woman. But I just always has the sense of like, am I a woman yet? I just wasn't sure. There's just the sense of like, I'm not sure yet. I mean, now <laughs> I'm a woman in my 40s. I have no question as to whether I'm a woman or not. Um, but when I, when I was younger, like in my early 20s, I just wasn't sure yet. Like, I just wasn't sure I was confused. I There was confusion inside me. Okay. Now let's come back to faculty positions, right? Okay. When I was in training, I just didn't ask any questions about who I was. I was a trainee, right? No questions asked. <laughs> there, there could be just no delusion of grandeur about who I was, right? I was a medical student. Clearly, everybody around me made it clear that I was a medical student. In fact, I knew I was a medical student by all the things I was going through that medical students go through, right? And then I transitioned to residency. And it was clear that I was you know, a resident. And then I transitioned to fellowship. And I, it was clear I was a fellow. But then... I started this faculty position and all of a sudden people are like, well, you're a junior faculty. And I'm like, but what? <laughs> what does, what does this stop? This thing where you keep calling me names that tell me I haven't arrived yet. Like, when do I arrive? When do I arrive? Right. Kind of the same sense of confusion as I kind of, first of all, didn't even know that there was this position called junior faculty. That was really new to me after fellowship. I was like, what? Junior faculty? Huh? Um, but then even thinking about like, okay, so when am I no longer a junior faculty? When do people stop calling me these names? <laughs> and I think one thing that's interesting in this space is that number one, there's a period where you're not even asking questions about who you are. Number two, there's a period where you're like, wait, 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 who am I? And what is this name they're calling me? And do I accept this name? And then you get to a place where you're like, nope. I don't even need you to, I don't need you to tell me who I am. I know who I am. And because you have a clear sense of who you are, all of a sudden people are like, yeah, we know who you are. <laughs> all right. How does this go back to how to become a woman? I think the lessons that come for me from this space, one of the lessons is that, you know, there's a time where you, in a sense, you, in a sense, are in silence and obscurity, right? Like, no one's asking you who you are and you're not really asking yourself who you are because you just kind of are doing, you're in this space that's named, that's taken for granted. You're a trainee, 
It's like, okay, that's who I am. I'm a fellow. That's who I am. I'm a medical student. That's who I am. I'm a resident. You're not really asking questions. You should be, but you're not. <laughs> As a girl, you, you're not really asking, who am I, woman, am I not? Because it's just, it's not relevant to you. There's so many other things going on. Who you are and defining yourself is not really relevant. Until you start to make the transition, and here is what's really critical, is that there's this period of transition. And for some of us, it's marked by emotional pain. Um, for some of us, physical pain. Um, and for some of us, mental pain, right? There are different things that we experience in this transition from childhood to adolescence, or looking at kind of like being a hematologist from your training period to your faculty position, right? Where you're asking the question, who am I? And to be honest, in life, you will always have these spaces of transition. But I'm speaking specifically to the transition between when you're considered and accepted by everybody to be young, right? Versus when you're like clearly an adult, <laughs> no questions asked, right? I think there are three things in this space. The first thing is just, you know, all along, the seed of a woman is inside you. You're just all along, you're, you are a, your past, present, future self are all one person. They really are. And though you haven't discovered your future self, it doesn't mean your future self doesn't exist, right? You just are that future person, even though that future person inside you is silent, right? That future person inside you is just not yet clearly known to everybody, but it's there. It's there. And it's in a sense waiting to be discovered. So I think I would start by saying that my womanhood in hematology, my being an adult had always been present, right? It was always there. In a sense, it was waiting to be discovered. And then I entered into this place of, of transition, of confusion. And that space is a really important space because it's a space where you're becoming aware of who you are. You're becoming aware of what you can do. You're becoming aware that something is changing. And it's applicable to your life as a faculty member where you are like, okay, people are calling me these names, right? They're saying I'm junior faculty. They're saying I'm early career. But but who am I, right? It's a period of transition where you finally trying to say, who, who am I? Who do I choose to be, right? Who do I choose to be? Because to be honest, you're not a woman because other people call you a woman. You're a woman because you decide to be a woman. <laughs> you're not like faculty because, wow, you, you know, you've been given a job. You're faculty because you decide to be faculty. And so there is this period of transition where you are confused or there's like just this feeling of like, ugh, something is, you know, there's just a disconnect between who I I think I am and who I think I'm becoming. When do I, when do I make that transition? And it is a place of emotional turmoil because in a sense you're defining who you are. And you know what? If you're confused, other people are confused as well. You're like, I'm not sure who I am. And they're like, yeah, we're not sure who you are. And so they call you all kinds of names to fit <laughs> the box that they have for you. And they have lots of boxes for you, lots of boxes. And you know what? The boxes never stop. And you stop being junior faculty. And then all of a sudden you're mid-career faculty and then you're senior faculty. And you know, you know what? Reject all the names. Reject all of them. None of them is for you. Who are you? Who do you feel like you are? 
Like, what are you, what is your gut telling you about who you are? Because I have to tell you that some of these names are so limiting, right? How can you accomplish anything when you're junior? Like, clearly, junior means not senior, right? And what a limiting, what a limiting, what a limiting name. Why do I have to be junior? And I don't know, you may, you may think differently about this. You may be like, well, it's just a name. Words really matter to me. I feel like words are important. And words are important because words are things of creation. And you use words to create the future. I believe that. And that's why I think it's really important that you decide who you are. You decide who you are. You become who you choose. And then you announce that to people. And the moment you choose who you are, all of a sudden something weird happens. People have a sense that something has changed. When you're in that period of transition and they're confused because you're confused, they just slap names on you that make sense to them, right? They slap a name on you. They're like, well, she doesn't know who she is. I'm just call, I'm just going to call her X, right? She's not sure who she is. I'm going to call her this. Because the moment you step out of that period of confusion, you have a different a different sense to you. You walk differently, you move differently, you talk differently because you're no longer struggling with the confusion. Because here's what happens in that space of confusion. A lot of energy goes into that space of, I'm not sure who I am. I'm not sure what I came to do. I'm not sure. And I spent a lot of time in that period of transfusion. I mean, in that period of transition, I keep saying transfusion, that period of transition, honestly. And it really wasn't until I stopped. I rejected the name. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm no longer junior faculty. In fact, I don't want that name. And you know what? At the time that I said I wasn't going to be junior faculty anymore, a lot of people would still call me that. But I just chose. I chose to reject the names and I chose to just be faculty. This is important to me. Also, even in the space of hematology, one thing I haven't done up until this point is say I'm a benign hematologist or a non-malignant hematologist or a classical hematologist a name I do not embrace. Because you know what? Here's the problem with us as humans. We have to call things by name so that we can feel better that they fit into the box that we have for them. And the truth is that people are so much more complex than the names we want to put on them. But they have to choose a name because it helps them feel good. It helps them feel better. And I would just say that the name that I choose is the name that people should call me. And you know what? Even if they don't call me that name, it matters not because who I am is who I am, whether people agree that that is who I am or not. So what does this have to do with becoming a woman of color in hematology? Again, I'm focused on the part of being a woman. I think that you are always a woman. You've always been, even when you didn't think about it, right? You've always been a hematologist, even when you were a med student and you didn't think much of yourself, even when you were a resident and you're like, oh, just in training, even when you were a fellow and, 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 and you were like, oh, the attendings know so much. The seed of a hematologist who's contributing powerfully to this world has always been in you, even when you never thought about it. So how to become a woman is really about how to become an adult in hematology. You know what? It was always inside you and you were just uncovering it. And so now for many of us, we're in the space, the second piece of it, of transition. Like, okay, when do I arrive? 
when, when am I finally like my own person? When do I finally drive my own research program or drive my own clinical program? When do I finally do my own thing? When am I an adult here? Because you know what? As long as you let them, you let others call the shots for you, you will never become the adult. You become, you would never, you're the junior and then you're the mid-career and then you're the senior, but not yet independent. I mean, I don't know. There are all these names. I, I reject all of them. But the period of transition that you're in, the period of transition to where you are confident that you are an adult, adult woman in your career is a period where you're just defining who you are. And I'm okay. And I just want to say, be okay with that. Just sit with it. Sit with that period of confusion because it means that there's work that you need to do on the inside. For me, that work meant coaching. That work meant um, career development programs. That work meant peer mentoring, that work meant introspection and reflection. And I finally figured it out. I finally figured out who I wanted to be as an adult hematologist and how I wanted to contribute in this world. And now I walk with such a clarity, right? And in a sense, even if people can't name it, that clarity is communicated to them. And sometimes instead of putting a label on you, then they ask you, who are you? And by the time they ask you who you are, (laughs) they just want to get the name correct. And you get to define who you are. I think I would just summarize by saying how to become a woman is to get through the confusion and the turmoil and the lack of clarity about who you are and just define for yourself who you are. And then wait for it. People will announce you. They will. But at the time that they finally announce you, it won't matter. Because you know what? You already know. And because you already know, it doesn't matter that other, other people are just finally, finally catching a clue. That you're an adult woman in hematology. right? An adult woman of color in hematology. So um, what is my call to action? I think the first thing I... I want to just encourage you to know is that you've always been a woman. You've always been an adult, right? Yeah, physically, you didn't look like an adult. Yeah, you were a fellow, and so you didn't look like an adult hematologist, but you've always been. You've always been. And I just want you, first of all, to just come to terms with that. You've always been a seed of this powerful woman of color who's going to make a change in hematology. And it's okay. It's okay to sit in this place of transition where you're not yet sure who you are or how you came to contribute or how you're really going to make the impact that you came to make. It's okay. It's an important space. I want you to be comfortable with the space and to work through it and um, do the work. Do the work that's needed. Reach out to the people who can help you, the safe spaces. We're going to talk about safe spaces in a future episode. But reach out to people who can help you and accept their help. As you are making decisions, right? They're not telling you who you are. Nobody, nobody can tell you who you are. (laughs) You get to decide. And once you decide, you show up, you show out as that person. Because all of a sudden, People will take notice 
And then they begin to call you what you call yourself without first knowing what that is, because somehow it's what you exude. So I want to encourage you not to become a woman, but just to recognize that you are, decide that you are, and just walk, walk in that, walk in that. And you know what? One of the things in that space of confusion is that people are like, well, this is how a woman in hematology acts, right? This is how a woman acts. And you know what? There is no, there's no formula. There's no, oh, she appears this way. She does this. It's whatever you decide. (laughs) It's the thing that resonates with you. Don't try to be somebody else because that just doesn't fit well. And of course, you'll always feel like an imposter when you're trying to be somebody else. Just be you. You (laughs) are beautiful. Your thoughts are beautiful. Your ideas are beautiful. You are beautiful. Whatever way you show up, you're beautiful. That's why I started in that way. I should just tell you that your brand of womanhood is the brand of womanhood. No, it doesn't look like other people's brands. It doesn't matter. It's not about them. It's about you. This whole career thing is centered and focused on you. You are the most important piece. No, not your mentor, not your institution. It's you. Because what's inside you is what the world is waiting for. It's what I'm waiting for. It's why I'm here. Because, wow, there's so much that is coming forth in hematology, but it doesn't come until you are confident of who you are, that your contribution counts, that it matters. So I just want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, to just accept the fact that you already are, that you don't become a woman until you accept that you are, until you do the work that helps you feel confident in making that decision and then showing up in that skin, in that space of, hey, this is who I am. You can take it or leave it. (laughs) So I just encourage you to do that. All right. Thank you for being here with me today. And I just want to speak a blessing over your week. I want to tell you that this week you're going to kill it. You know why I know that? Because you've always been killing it. And yeah, some people don't recognize that. Leave them leave them alone. Just like, yeah, don't pay attention to them. Those people who are like, I'm not sure about you. Don't, don't even listen. You come here and you go to those, those spaces where people recognize that you're superpower. <laughs> you are. And I just, you know, you just, just go out and just, just show up and show out. That's who you are. And you know what? I want you to remember as you go out, you're beautiful. You know, spread a little bit of that beauty everywhere. Give someone a smile that says, hey, I'm beautiful. And I know it. All right. Let's continue the conversation online at coagcoach.com. I'll see you next time.